Hey, what's going on? It's John. It's time for the JMart cast for Monday, July 18th. What's going on, friends and family? Welcome. Thank you for joining me on the, another episode. You won't know this, but this is try number two here with Joey from the Canadian Bitcoiners podcast, co-host with Len, the legend. So thank you so much for joining me and uh, just being okay with some of these technical difficulties, Joey. <laughs> Bro, we're sustaining, okay? We're a resilient bunch over here in the Bitcoin space. <laughs> no problem at all. Plus, like I said, you're not in charge of the service. We got to get those guys from Riverside on the horn ASAP. Yeah, Riverside let me down. The first time I used it, it was it was perfect, but uh, some, some, something's wrong. I don't know. It, it's probably some issue on my end that I'm messing up. I've been like messing around with my computer recently, actually. Um, I, actually, this is Bitcoin related, so I'll, I'll tell you about it. I've been making my own um, node like from, oh. from scratch using an old desktop computer. Um, I have been using this thing. It's just been collecting dust in the closet. I just upgraded some of the storage and memory on it. And it's like, even though it's a pretty old computer, like I want to say like older than five years old, it's with the upgrades, it's, it's beefy enough to be able to handle being a node and like being able to not only Sick. be a Bitcoin node, but a lightning node too. So I haven't gotten to the lightning aspect of it yet, but I, I've got the full Bitcoin blockchain downloaded. I've got like a fulcrum server on there. I've got a uh, the Ronin Dojo. I don't know if you're familiar with that, that you oh, yeah. use with the Samurai wallet. I've got that on there. Uh, I, well, my, uh, my, um, my wallet's all hooked up to the thing and everything. So I'm, um, you know, validating and uh, yeah, all my own transactions and everything. So you're a network sustainer. You're, you're maintaining the sovereignty of the money. That's, that's what we need to see in this area, sir. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That's a, that's a hard <laughs> job, but someone's got to do it. Cheers. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Real hard. It's real hard. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But so I've been, um, it's not the desktop I'm using right now for the recording, but it's another desktop. And then you, you kind of, you don't really, um, you, you do what's called SSHing. I'm not even sure what that is, but you do an SSH into the node, into the node from the, the, your regular working desktop computer because it's on the same uh, com- uh, like Wi Fi network or it's, it's not on Wi Fi. It's got an actual Ethernet cable on it right. because it's on the same network. Uh, you can, SSH into it from like a terminal on your regular computer. So I've been using learning like uh, CLI, um, like a command line interface. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're like doing the uh, old like DOS cypherpunk exactly. uh, yeah. mid nineties UI for like the family computer. I mean, that, those were the days. Eh? Like, I all I knew how to do was open up Wolfenstein 3D. Beyond that, I couldn't do anything at all on my family <laughs> computer. <laughs> I'm not even familiar with that. I only came to Canada when I was in 2000, so <laughs> October of 2000. You, you got or, no, you got all the good sorry. video games, buddy. When you got there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what was what kind what kind of computer did you have Wolfenstein on? Oh man, it's, that's a great question. My my parents uh, were not super tech savvy, though at the time it seemed like they were geniuses with the stuff they could do with the computer. Looking back, uh, it was it couldn't have been like anything more than like a mid range family computer. Like it was before it was before Windows had that really nice. GUI that you see Windows now. Like 98 was, was it was like before it was before one. that. Before that. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so b- before 98, there was like uh Windows, you know, NT maybe, or NT may have even been like a variant of uh the Windows 2000 family line. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it doesn't matter. There was like these two uh two like um options basically on the home screen, I guess you would call it now. Mm-hmm. One was like the programs that you installed, and one was like the system like disk maintenance stuff on the other side. I just remember my parents saying like, you only ever type 
E at this screen. And E, I remember next to it just said games. And so if you go to E, you get games. Anything else, you might completely fucking, you might burn the house down. You don't yeah. know. Yeah. But E, Wolfenstein, it's Stick all to the games. games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, didn't get my first computer until I was, uh, I guess, 12 years old, would have been 2001, something like that. And then I was, I mostly used it for, uh, typing out assignments <laughs> for like grade seven or grade eight. That, that, those are the, those are the days, man. I remember <laughs> like thinking at the time how shitty it was that I had to use the computer to type homework out and not play games. I remember seeing like some of my friends get like gaming, gaming, you know, maybe not gaming PCs, but like gaming capable hardware at the house for the first time. Mm-hmm. And me never, we never had like a decent gaming computer, man. Actually the laptop I'm using right now is like a, it's probably like a maybe a mid-range gaming laptop I bought at Costco. It's the first one I've ever had. And I think the thing is so cool. But yeah. as soon as I go on like any gaming subreddit, like it just the specs are garbage. Like it's yeah. shit. And that I have to just retreat back to my cocoon. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it plays Age of Empires really well. And then that, that's all I want. So <laughs> Oh, nice. You're an Age of Empires fan, eh? Big time, man. Oh, Who's man. not? That's a thinking man's game. Yes, yes, yes. It's just all the all the technologies and like the uh, the trees through which you advance, right? It's so it mind blowing. Yeah, ultimate rock paper scissors experience. People <laughs> people talk about like StarCraft and Warcraft three, great games in their own right for sure. But I would argue that if you came up like you and I are about the same age, so I was born in eighty seven. I think you said you're you're twelve and 01, so it makes you an eight eighty eight or eighty nine. Yeah. So if you came up during that that era where you had Age of Empires. That was like the first game that had like a really, at least as far as I remember, had like a really burgeoning online community, which was sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could join like, you could join like tribes and clans and stuff. And like, you could put it in your name tag and like you and your buddies who you'd never met could have been pedophiles. No idea. <laughs> You're playing online with these guys, like all the time on Friday, Saturday, just getting Sunday. catfished. <laughs> yeah. You never, you never know. Right. Like if my parents knew what the stuff we used to do, like, you know, making websites on uh, geo cities and all this stuff and like playing in ladders. And I remember like, begging my parents when we were kids like we got to get dsl we can't use the 56k dial-up because it's too (laughs) laggy and i can't talk to my teammates on the phone like i had another buddy like an irl buddy uh who was like playing with me all the time we used to want to talk on the phone during the game to coordinate right and we couldn't do it and so my parents eventually came and got dsl anyway none of this is related to fucking bitcoin but great memories all the same (laughs) yeah no i just we just got sidetracked with this computer talk was it's funny like um yeah, computers have come a long way. Now they're now they're uh, in, inventing money. <laughs> I know. Yeah, ver- ver- verifying blockchains and uh, protecting the sovereignty of the individual. Man, it's an incredible time to be alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, that's kind of like the most amazing thing about it, I guess. Is and I talked to Julian about this a little bit too. Is just how like it can be a five year old computer, something that's like you know can't really do much of like what you'd use it for like regular use now like video like editing videos like anything like that say goodbye like that computer can't handle that but but it can handle the as long as it's got the storage which like is super easy and cheap to get get the storage how big, how big is the blockchain john how, how big was your download did you get a pruned one or did you do the whole thing full full it's between full. four and five hundred gigs beauty that's awesome yeah yeah, so I think uh, I got I have a terabyte of storage. It, it's about 500 gigs uh, for the blockchain. I think it's expected to grow something like 50, about 50 gigs a year. There's so there's some talk about like advancing the pruning tech around 
those initial downloads because I think that was that's one thing that you know when I, when I think about why I Bitcoin and I'm not a guy who follows Ethereum or like cares what Ethereum price is and stuff like that. The big thing for me is that it's it's easy to distribute a network. That's like you mentioned, right? Five year old computer, mm-hmm. whatever the case is, right? I'm sure there's guys running on older computers. I went to a meetup in Waterloo, and there was a guy there who I won't dox. Uh, but he was basically showing a guy how to download the blockchain and, you know, basically set up your own node, mm-hmm. uh, on like a laptop that looked a lot older than five years old, man. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. Cause that laptop, you know, like I, I, everyone around our age has like one or two computers sitting in their house doing nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the homework computer or the desk, the desktop or the office computer is not doing anything. Just set up a node on there. It doesn't take much. And once you take that first step, you know, you mentioned some of the other software and hardware that you can use with it. You can, it really opens up a lot of doors, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Which is one thing that I'm guilty of not knowing enough about. I know Len, uh, you know, is like really into mining and the hardware side and the software side. Me, mm-hmm. I, I prefer to talk about like the economics of Bitcoin and the economics and sort of the, the mm-hmm. broader scope of things. But man, if I, if I ever do get around to learning that stuff, one of the first things I'm going to do is, you know, think about what having a node at home could do for me. Cause I don't have one. I, I think I might be the only guy uh, mm-hmm. that I, that, that I know in the Bitcoin space that doesn't have one. It's one of the easier things to do. And I just haven't gotten around to it. All right. Well, uh, people in Joey's life who are looking for ideas for like birthday <laughs> gifts, Christmas yeah, ideas. No, do not, like, do not, like, do not. Is, you should be asking for my a... shirt size, my shoe <laughs> size. <laughs> definitely oh, not, is... definitely not how many gigabytes the blockchain is. I'll do it on my own. Don't, don't give me that. <laughs> Oh, it's like if, if someone's got an old computer lying around, they're not using. That sounds like a great idea to gift gift to you. Like here, here's yeah, a project, happy, buddy. Happy birthday, man! Yeah. <laughs> it's honestly so easy. Like I can send you the like uh, like I, I said like I'm learning command command line interface, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not really. I'm just following like these guides. Where so which guide did you use? I was going to ask you that because there's a bunch of really good ones out there. Yeah, Ministry of Nodes is definitely a must follow on YouTube. Ministry of Nodes. He's got a 2002 node box guide. It's perfect. He's got 16 videos, I believe, on there. They're all like, like some of the videos are a little bit outdated now in terms of like, because he uses certain websites to download things from and the websites have changed. They've updated. So you have to do a little bit of digging around to be like, oh, it's probably like this here and that. But for the most part, it's just the super easiest walkthrough, and like, uh, and and, and it, it just works. It, it, you just had that guy on, did you not? No, Ministry of Notes. Uh, I th- I thought I saw on your channel. I was looking at your channel the other day, and I thought I saw that you maybe it's just in the title of one of the videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. That yeah, was just me okay. talking about it. it just uh, yeah, yeah. No, this is, I didn't actually have him on. I just like I just put the title on there as like a way to like as to some what I was actually talking about in the in the, in the episode. Nice. I, I do want to try it. I know like we, we talk a lot with uh, BTC sessions. Who's like a good friend of the show and man, like his content's unbelievable. He just did a mm-hmm. video on, he just did a video on the cold card, cold card. Mark yeah. four. And so Definitely did you use that? <laughs> did you watch the video? Oh yeah. All so I, I have one coin kite was nice enough to like give me and Len a cold card and mm-hmm. I haven't set it up yet, but I was going to make a video just, just like, cause people I think want to see like how the thing looks, how the thing feels, how the mm-hmm. thing works. And then Ben put one out and it's like two hours long. <laughs> and I, I messaged him. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Like I'm, I was going to put out like a five minute video and like blank out half the video. Cause it's probably about, you know, your private key and whatever, like on the screen and you're doing two hours. 
And he's saying yeah. like, you know, that the first 15 minutes, everyone's got to watch. It's like a 15 minute setup basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that last hour and 45 is spoofing the wallet, uh, you know, anti-theft measures, uh, yeah. syncing to your own node, all this other stuff, right? There's some other features I think you get with a micro SD card. So I bought a micro SD card mm-hmm. and yeah, again, like it's, I'm not like the busiest guy in the world, but I haven't had time to do this stuff yet. Mm-hmm. One of these days I'm going to stand there. My wife's actually away next weekend on a, uh, on a girl's trip. So I think maybe next weekend I'll, oh, I'll sit perfect. down. Yeah. I, I got a couple of, uh, uh, Domino's rewards pizzas coming my way whenever I'm ready to have those. So maybe I'll get one or two of those <laughs> and, uh, make a few videos. <laughs> that, yeah, that's only like a good weekend or what? sounds like a good weekend in my head. Dude, know, yeah. Probably... Watch, watch that two hours uh, video from BTC sessions and then just pick out like little <laughs> things. I love, listen, I love Ben, but I am not fucking watching him for two hours. <laughs> oh, just put it on two X speed. Like that's what I, I, I don't <laughs> yeah, watch anything sure. at regular speed anymore. Like, <laughs> you know what? You want a recipe? That's a recipe for losing all your fucking Bitcoin, putting together a hardware wallet on two X speed and then wondering where, where did that go wrong here? Where's all my <laughs> coin, man? <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah. If you don't trust yourself, then yeah, that's not, that's not a good, good, uh, good advice, but, uh, <laughs> couldn't do it. Couldn't I've, do it. I've been watching videos on two X speed for so long now. I can't go back. <laughs> Are you a two X podcast guy too? Like I, I'll get like a million podcasts in my feed. Here, I'll show mm-hmm. you. Let me see what I, let me see what I got in the feed here. But like, I, I have been a 1.15 guy. Like just, it's just all garbage. It's all just garbage, garbage, <laughs> garbage in garbage out. And like, it's just like white noise. And I listen to stuff at like 1.2 speed now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'll ever go back, John. I can't go back. The only, the only thing I listen to at regular speed is French language podcasts. Cause I'm trying yeah, to learn yeah. how to speak French. I can't listen to that stuff fast. It, it already sounds like it's 1.2 speed on normal, but everything else, like I listen to the other shows now on, on flat speed, like after I update the app or something like that. And mm-hmm. it sounds like the guy or girl is like, drunk yeah yeah, like, yeah. It's so uh, funny. welcome to another episode <laughs> like holy shit man i can't believe people talk this way i can't believe it it's probably affecting you and me people probably listen to this interview they're like these guys are fucking ripping the fucking talking here this is, everything's on oh, 1.2 no, no, no. 100% when I hear myself speak, I'm like, who is this idiot? I need to like speed this up to be able to like keep up, like help him keep, keep up with like how fast I'm thinking. But yeah, if I'm trying to absorb something, I definitely slow it down to 1.5, 1.25. But if it's just an entertainment like podcast, then yeah, 2x like all slow the way. it down to 1.5. Oh my God. <laughs> Anyways, we got sidetracked again. It's kind of easy to get sidetracked talking to you. That's all right. Many good conversations to be had. Yeah, Yeah, I mean that (laughs) as a compliment. Uh, Let's get back to Bitcoin in a way we're talking about how like... um, I, I kind of wanted to ask, like, how did you get into Bitcoin? There was an entry point you were talking about that I thought would have been good, but I can't remember it now. Let's just get to the question without the segue. <laughs> yeah, man, happy to. Uh, so I got into Bitcoin in 2017. I had a, a friend of mine who, you know, him and I used to talk about it at work. He's a colleague of Len and I. Mm-hmm. And uh, All right, we, I remembered we, you, you were saying you're like a much more economically driven. That's kind of what the stuff you yeah, care about. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. We, we, we used to talk about investing a lot. We were part of, I think, that, that wave of investors, maybe 2013, 14, with the weed stocks in Canada. It was big mm-hmm. in Canada. I don't, I don't know if it was big in the States too, but it was big, big in Canada. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you probably had friends that were in that craze too. Maybe you were one of them. I don't know. I wasn't one but, of them, but I definitely have a friend who hit it big. That's, that. that's when a lot of people learned, right? Like how to open mm-hmm. up their own stock investment portfolio and how to do their own TFSA and all that stuff. That was around the same time that a lot of those apps that people use now 
started to come to maturity, both in um, you know feature availability and in user interface. You couldn't get well simple in 2013, but in 15, 16, you started to see it pop up more and more, right? It became a more mm-hmm. reputable thing to have on your phone and yeah, to use. And Quest Trade, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So these, these sort of um, uh, virtual first apps became primary investing vehicles for a lot of people in our, our age demographic. So mm-hmm. we started doing all that stuff in maybe 2013, 14. We knew about Bitcoin, but we didn't know how to buy. And there was no options for Canadians to buy at that time. Mm-hmm. I only realized how to buy when I saw a guy on Twitter who was a friend of an ex-girlfriend tweeting about Bitcoin. And I DM'd him. I said, yo, man, like, how are you buying? And he told me about Coinbase. And mm-hmm. he's like, it, it's he's like, it says it won't work in Canada, but it actually does. You can connect like a TD or it was TD or RBC or TD or um, or CI, TD or CIBC. You could connect those accounts and do mm-hmm. the withdrawals for buys. And so we started doing it. And before I knew it, we were buying Bitcoin on Coinbase. Now mm-hmm. it was only like a month of buying Bitcoin, maybe maybe two months buying Bitcoin before the price ran up to 20K. And we were yeah. pumped as all hell with our thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. <laughs> For 30 <right>? seconds. <laughs> yeah, not even. Didn't even feel like that. Like it was that long. Honestly. <laughs> It was it was, a, it was thirty seconds of euphoria followed by months of disappointment. Like yeah. uh, you know, probably like a lot of relationships out there. So yeah, yeah. well now uh, it's now it's at twenty k for a long time. There you go. <laughs> I know. It's funny, man. Like when I was, I did a show last year, the what why Bitcoin? Yeah, why Bitcoin podcast with another Canadian guy and his American counterpart, and we were laughing about how you know the price of Bitcoin was up near thirty, forty, fifty k, and they're like, man, I you know buying a twenty k sounds so good now. And like, there's a lot of people, John, who said that over the last year. Where are there? Where are those people? They're not buying anymore. If they were buying, the price wouldn't be 20k still. But all those people are going. I wait until 17. I wait until 15. I wait until 10. 10. Yeah. You 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 don't know. Get out of here. Yeah. Well, do you? Yeah. Like, do you really think that these guys who, you know, missed on 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, all the way up. And then, you know, maybe bought all the way down or didn't buy all the way down. Who knows? Do you really think these guys have the chops to time the market? It's it's very difficult to do that. And so th- that was another thing that we decided on pretty early when we were exposed to Bitcoin. Len and I got in around the same time, along with our other buddy, that y- y- we're just not going to sell. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. enough about this to say that this is done, first mm-hmm. of all, when it went, when it went from 20 to 3 or whatever it went mm-hmm. to. I'm pretty sure 3,000. Uh, so we don't know enough about to sell and also Coinbase wouldn't let us sell anyway. So we're, yeah. our hands were tied. So what are we going to do? Let's listen to some podcasts. Let's talk yeah. about it at the lunch table. And we took, man, John, like the number of times we got absolutely crucified at the lunch table for buying Bitcoin at $3,000. Like I, I honestly couldn't tell you the number of times we got absolutely raked over the coals from everyone, like oh our, our peers, supervisors. Like I remember going to like meetings and having guys going like, yeah. <laughs> Are you still buying Bitcoin? Like, oh my, how the fuck did you know about that? <laughs> you're not supposed to know about that. People That's are talking funny. about this all over the oh, building. Man. And uh, but now, you know, here we are. Things are going okay. 20K is 20K. Uh, the, the macro environment is not really lending itself to a friendly no. Bitcoin price. But John, to any price, you know, like what's the to, price of anything? You know what I mean? That's what I <laughs> if if my house was the only house on fire on the block, then I would have a different outlook. But the entire street is burning, man. Yeah. So I'm okay with the price where it is. And I think that if you look at the macro environment, you're seeing uh, sort of a, the, the the paper and printing ecosystems of fiat economies butting up against the reality of physical demand and shortage in yeah. energy, in housing, in real estate, in, 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 in all manner of things. And 
yeah, goods, just goods. Like yeah, and so I feel pretty commodities. Good about where, exactly, and so I feel pretty good about where Bitcoin is. If you look at the currencies that have done the best against uh, this sort of backdrop, you know, almost unbelievably, Canada's currency has fared pretty well. And so the other We're an oil rich are, country, right? Exactly. Commodity rich countries, energy rich countries doing okay. And, you know, I think Bitcoin's got a really nice synergy with that ecosystem. I, f- I feel pretty good about buying at these prices, any prices really, oh, yeah. but I feel, I feel pretty good about the future of, of the asset for sure. Oh yeah. Like not to sound like a typical Bitcoiner, but I hope this price action continues for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Sideways shop is your friend, man. And, and yeah. it's, uh, you know, you look back on these times Len and I talk all the time about like when we're talking about the, the, the number of plays on the show or when we're talking to potential advertisers, like we always say the same thing. The show is, uh, it's, it's a derivative of the Bitcoin price, right? The number of plays the show gets is a derivative of the Bitcoin price. There's no doubt. The, sh- like the show grows every month, which yeah. is great, but mm-hmm. it was growing a lot faster when the price was 70K, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about that, you know, yeah. that line used to be going like this. Now it's like yeah. a little bit, a little bit mm-hmm. more shallow. Right. But I yeah. think that this is where much the same way that if, if you're an individual investor, you're, you're consolidating your knowledge base, you're consolidating your understanding mm-hmm. of the asset. You're really, you really you know, cutting your teeth as it were. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a content guy or if you're, uh, a guy who's thinking about getting in, I think you're, you're really finding out where the communities are, where the best places to spend your time are, who the mm-hmm. best people to talk to are. All those things are valuable in a way that I think many people in the space understand and those outside the space will yeah. understand in time. Right. So it, I'm ha- like you said, happy to get these prices. It's, yeah. And then what you're saying is super important because we need like these oh, like communities to be there for people to educate them about what's going on. Because like I had the opportunity to get into Bitcoin in 2012, oh. 20, 2017, oh. like 27, like I knew about it at, like from Silk Road days. And then I knew about it like in 2014, like when uh, Andreas and Antonopoulos was on JRE. And I was like, this is, this sounds amazing. Like I want to get into this. And then I actually went to a Bitcoin meetup. And then at this Bitcoin meetup, people were talking about how Bitcoin cash is happening and there's going to be BSV like next month. And I was like, Oh my God. Oops, sorry about that. You I'll went to a Bitcoin up. meetup in 2012, 2013, 2014? 2014. Not, not yet. Just, just, yeah. And like, because of the whole like fork situation, it really pushed me off of it. And I was like, oh, like this is, I can't, I don't, I like, I was ready to like really jump in and like learn about it more and like get invested financially. Like, but I just got scared with the whole fork situation. It was the, inti- it was the intimidation of the uh, sort of tech side. Yeah. It's difficult to comprehend what all this stuff means. Yeah. Cause is then it's like, going to be valuable. Yeah. Like then which one do I pick? Which one's going to be the one, right? Like, uh, right. and then there's a third one going, going, going to be happening. Like, <laughs> what, are you, what are you, what are you talking about? And then I got to learn all this other stuff. Like I had just like spent all this time learning about the original Bitcoin. Now I have to do all this extra homework to figure out like about two more. So, like, so think about this, right? If you're, if you joined up in the Bitcoin, I say joined up, if you, if you became exposed for the first time to Bitcoin in 2014, 15 or before, you know, where were the signals for you to find the the community that you've, you know, that you've found today, right? Where were mm-hmm. the podcasts? Where were the tweets? Even Twitter was barely a mature ecosystem 10 years ago. So mm-hmm. you, you couldn't, short of being on like the Bitcoin dev mailing list or being in these message boards, it was impossible to find good signal. And worse, 
you know, one of the things I really think benefited me and I, 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 I suspect has benefited you as well is having a, a good core group of friends who aren't afraid to speak honestly about um, where the scams are, how to avoid mistakes, things like that. Things that many people who are uh, opposed to the Bitcoin mission would now call toxic maximalism really mm-hmm. benefited a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. In, in the early days and, and mm-hmm. continue to benefit them in, in my view. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, now for new Bitcoiners, John, they'll hear this show, they'll hear my show, they'll hear your mm-hmm. show. Julian's mm-hmm. got a, a YouTube channel that's doing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they can finance. go to Shake, yeah, Kinetic Finance. You can go to the Shake Pay channel, BTC Sessions, mm-hmm. uh, Ledin's community guy, Mario is a Mario's good friend of great. our show. He's, he's, he's everywhere, right? These guys are everywhere yeah. putting out signal. By the way, I appreciated Easy. Mario coming on your podcast recently to talk about lead in and like where they're getting He's their great. yield. He's and great, like, man. That actually, like, I have like a small chunk on lead in. And same, like, same. And we like, all do. It, 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 like, it feels a lot better having him come out and, and talk about it. Like those guys, out, like outwardly, while like you know, BlockFi and uh, and Voyager BlockFi is getting are, blown up. Celsius is getting yeah. They're blowing up. And mm-hmm. I said on the I said on the show that we did the day after, uh, or a couple of days after that, that mm-hmm. you know, the difference between good companies, you know, what we've been talking about tonight's signal, right? Finding good companies, good people, good communities, all that stuff, is the difference between good companies and bad companies, between between ships that can steady themselves during tumultuous times and ships that go down the at the first bit of wind is really the following, right? Mario comes on our show uh, representing Ledin and talks about where they get their yield, talks about all the benefits of having a little bit of Bitcoin on Ledin, talks about proof of reserves, talks about how, you know, he asked me after the show, he's like, I forgot to mention, we're actually hiring while everyone else is laying people off. That's what he's doing, right? And then he's Mm -hmm. going on, he went on over a a European vacation uh, like three or four days after that show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm tweeting about being in Milan. You know what I mean? And meanwhile, on the other side of the street, you got BlockFi and BlockFi is having their, their uh, public relations, you know, these sort of f- nameless, faceless Reddit user lackeys posting <laughs> Zach Prince's apology, uh, apology slash ransom note on Reddit, basically begging people not to take their assets out in the middle of the fucking night on Thursday or Friday night. Now, do you think Mario, when he goes on a European jaunt, okay, do you think he's concerned that Adam and Rizzio are going to call him at 7 a.m. Eastern? God knows what fucking time it is where he is and go, hey, Mario, do you mind cutting your vacation a bit short? Head to an internet cafe, okay, and (laughs) sign into your Reddit account because we're about to rug pull a bunch of our users to the tune of about $200 million. We're going to halt withdrawals. And we don't really want to tell them in those words. Can you write something for us? That's the difference, right? Mario's getting a yeah. tan. These other guys are posting bullshit on Reddit for people who are trying to get their money out. God wow. knows how much of their net worth is in there. Man, that's that's why that. you got to be careful. That's why you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely uh do some research like it. I did it for a long time. I, I hesitated putting any money on BlockFi. And then eventually, like after like, I think waiting some time and being patient and kind of, you know, seeing that like the company was doing okay, I had put some Bitcoin on there, you know, was it interest uh, savings account or whatever. Right, right, right. But then very quickly, I realized, oh, their their percentages are going down lower and lower (laughs) and lower. I was like, okay, okay, I see what's going on here. They're probably just like 
aren't able to, you know, earn money the same way as they used to. So they're, you know, providing less yield. So I slowly started taking some off the table because I'm not getting a good yield anyway. And then eventually had all of it off. And then, and then the news starts coming out, like Celsius is going down. All these other companies are going down. I'm like, holy crap, like good thing I have my stuff off. And then I reach out to my dad. I'm like, dad, let's get, let's get everything off of that. Get it off. Get yeah. it off. So your so your dad's uh, into Bitcoin too, yeah. Yeah. So I've been successful in orange pilling my family, my my like close family. In terms of friends, like I'm the only one. How I, successful? I, okay, okay. Let me stop you there, okay? Because I don't. People say this all the time. They successfully orange pilled their family. I don't fucking believe you. Here's what I think <laughs> actually happened. I think people got tired of hearing you badger them at Thanksgiving, and finally were just like, "Here's a thousand bucks. Like, where do I put it? Where no, no, like no, no, my no, ShakePay no. account?" My Coinbase account, like, is that it? Do they actually no, no, understand? No, no. Like, my, do they my, do, do they do they shake your hand at Christmas and say everything divided by twenty one million? Like, <laughs> no, like where no. are they on this? My family, like, so we only like got serious about Bitcoin from the start of the pandemic. Myself personally, and then after that, like, my family. Once I talked to them about it, so we haven't been in in it for very long. Like, <laughs> we we saw the meteoric rise and then the the the, the crash that followed. But um, we're, we come from the Soviet Union. Like I'm Armenian, born in Armenia. We, like I said, I came here in like the November of 2000. And so our country broke from the Soviet Re- Republic and then went through like wars. And it's been through like a lot of tumultuous times where like we've seen the, uh, the currency and like the wealth of the country, like basically disappear due to like all the same reasons that are currently happening in the rest of the world, <laughs> frankly. So like there is a lot of uh, experience in understanding as to what, what can like, what is possible out there. Like that's part sure. of the main thing is like why a lot of friends don't really get Bitcoin. It's like, they just don't see what's possible out there. Like what they're like, that could never happen in Canada. You know, that's always the number it's, one. It's already response. happening. Like, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it true? Isn't it true that you look at these, these videos and pictures overseas of, you know, there's obviously a few, um, what I would call like frontier markets that are having this problem. You might expect this in a frontier market or, or mm-hmm. sort of a country that, that falls under the EM category. But mm-hmm. if you look at like these other, like China having people storming banks looking for their deposits. Yeah, I saw that recently. You know, John, like if that happened here, if everyone went to the bank and tried to get their money out, like what would happen? It'd be the same thing. Like, oh, we don't have it. We don't have any cash. Well, it's all digital. I want cash. Well, we don't have it. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, fucking now what? Like, you know, now, now we're on the news, right? And yeah. there's a great, great quote. I don't remember who said it, but you know, the, even the most civilized society is only about nine missed meals away from total chaos. You know, yeah. that's mm-hmm. all it takes. Just a couple of days. You go to the store one day, there's no meat. You go the next day, there's no meat. The day after that, there's no meat. You start thinking about it before you know it, you know, your attitude, you can't tell me that after COVID now in a, in a country that's as civilized as Canada, that when you go to the store, you know, two weeks in a row and see there's very, very little meat on the shelf, you cannot tell me that you're not starting to think in a way that you were not thinking two years ago. There, there is just zero chance of this. There's too many stories, too many videos, too many all sorts of, you know, you can, you can pick your, your, your uh, terminology, but the mm-hmm. unrest is accelerating all over the planet and you're only as good as the weakest link in your chain. And there's a lot of weak links in our chain right now. So I, I, you know, not to be a doomer, gloomer, prepper type, but 
certainly there's some value in thinking about Bitcoin, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. through the lens of you never know what could happen here. Just because it hasn't happened already doesn't mean it's a guarantee of the future, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, I joined in one of your guys' podcasts with you and Len. You guys were talking about having some food ready. I uh, having some meat in the freezer kind of ready, whatever, buy some non-perishables, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think I, I generally agree with that sentiment. Uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of. Dicey kind times, of on, man. Yeah. Dicey times. <laughs> it's hard to even say it out loud. Like it's, it surprises you to hear hear yourself say it, but like, <laughs> this is well, the think times about, we live Think in. about people, people in like, you know, these, these, these places like California. Okay. And, and they're not, you know, hard up for food or anything like that, John, but in California, there's places in the in the city in cities in California where you can't leave your home or can't leave your car alone or can't eat at a restaurant or can't go shopping without someone either, you know, robbing you, harassing you, uh, masturbating onto you, <laughs> uh, dropping a drug paraphernalia item near you. Yeah, defecation, uh, anything. It, it's it's incredible. It. It is incredible. This is this is the this is the collapse of the American Empire in real time. Meanwhile, you know, we we joked about this on the show the other day that you know Biden's presidency has been, you know, it's really been a total disaster. I'm I'm conservative, so I got a bit of a slant here, I'll admit. But mm-hmm. you know, when when you get a when you get a first world president from you know the self proclaimed um, sort of, of the beacon free world of, beacon of truth and freedom on the planet, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the White House is tweeting these photos as a, you know, trying to, trying to really claim a, a win of military planes that brought back baby formula for the American public. <laughs> the air man, man. That's a, that's an L that's an L man. Big time, that's not man. a dub. That's it. But these guys are flossing it. Like it's a win. Dude. And who's that for John? In- Who, is that for, it's not for you. It's not for me. It's not for I, anyone. I don't you know, know. That, I, I think about that bell curve meme with like the the, yeah. the, <laughs> the idiot on the one side, the midwit guy who talks too much, thinks too much, and the, the Jedi on the other side. And I just think like there cannot be this many people in the middle, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I used to I, think I, that too, but I keep I don't being know. proven year over year. So <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Every time it's an election, I just I'm always wrong. I don't know, man. I find that everyone else finds out later they were wrong, but it seems to me every time everyone goes to the ballot, I'm the I'm the one that's wrong. What's yeah, going on? Something you gotta give here, man. We need help. Yeah. When I was when I was a kid in school, we learned about the Berlin airlift. That's when America brought like chocolate and luxuries to Berlin because uh, to uh, West Berlin because the Soviet Union was uh blockading them and now we've come full circle and the leader of the free world is the one airlifting things in unreal unreal <laughs> we got we got biden taking pictures of the, the baby formula on a military like aircraft and on the other side of the coin you got pelosi shutting down the pelosi trade tracker account on twitter <laughs> because we because she doesn't want people knowing what her drunk husband is doing and his puts and call portfolio like yeah. <laughs> i just man <laughs> talk about decline like this is about as steep as it gets man it's entertaining mm-hmm. but it's entertaining in the same way mm-hmm. that like anything uh with a terrible ending that you know is coming is entertaining you know it's it's only fun for so long yeah i mean it's kind of like you can't look away kind of one of those situations <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> let's get back to bitcoin a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> the whole podcast. it's all related man <laughs> yeah. it's all related <laughs> so what was the kind of stuff well, first of all, like, was it a friend that told you about Bitcoin or how did you specifically come across it? Were you the first honest- person in your group to 
Do you Man, know about Bitcoin? I, I honestly, I honestly couldn't tell you, John. It was either me or my buddy uh, okay. um, from work. But I think that, I think that we probably both saw it similar places, right? These stories, looking back, given that now I've had some experience with what the media reports on, when the price moves by eighty percent in six months or ninety percent in six months. I probably saw it in one of these stories on Wired or Gizmodo mm. or one mm. of these like publications that people just waste their time reading. I was guilty of this too for a long time. Yeah. And I, I probably saw it there and just discarded it, disregarded it, saw mm. it, forgot about it, mentioned it and didn't follow up or whatever. And then one day, you know, once, like I said, once we had that bug for investing, everybody wants to get rich. Everyone gets in. I, I don't believe a single person has gotten into Bitcoin for anything but number go up. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I guarantee that's the case. And so mm-hmm. we were probably the same way. And we, I remember, I do remember meeting with um, my, I have a, an investment manager that I very rarely use nowadays, but I did when I was, you know, maybe 27, 26, 27. And uh, I remember going to her and asking about it and she dismissed it offhand. That's really the first thing that I remember thinking that was really quick. The way she told me that this is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's right, but that's mm-hmm. a really strong opinion to have about something that barely anyone knows about. You know, mm-hmm. it seems, uh, seems unnatural to have that opinion. And so I think Dude. that was the first time it stuck around. Right. Yeah. Quick story related to that. I uh, met this um, uh, person who, who like revealed herself to be a banker. She works at a bank. I was like, Oh, perfect. Let me talk to you about something that you're going to love. <laughs> so I'm like, what do you know about Bitcoin? She's like, I don't know much but I think it should be regulated. <laughs> like that was her. <laughs> the default position, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, come on. Get out of here with that. <laughs> I was like, oh man, we couldn't even agree for on a, on a definition of money. Whoa, whoa, she, whoa. Her only definition of money was a medium ex- of exchange. I was like, John, no, these no, no, people no, no, don't know what on. it is, John. They don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're bankers. They're only bankers. That's only their, their whole job. <laughs> Their job is not to know. Their job is not to know. The, the, the whole thing about you know modern finance, and it's not just finance that has this problem. I think it's real estate and other things as well. But like this intentional obfuscation of simple to understand mechanisms, terminology, stuff like this, it, it's, it's meant to keep guys like you and me on the outside looking in, reliant on this like you know monolithic understanding that's completely inaccessible to the average person. Oh, you can't invest on your own. You never know. Well, simple. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Definitely mm. come to the bank. Oh, can I just buy my own ETS? No, you got to get the mutual fund. There's only a bit of a scalp on every buy, every sell, <laughs> yeah. and we take a fee. But don't worry about it. It's safer. It's yeah. safer. Everyone's always selling. Whether it goes up or down too. They're all, just, they're all just selling safety, man. And every, once everyone started to realize, like, hang on a minute. Mm. This isn't safe at all. Like, you guys are you're stealing money from me here. Like, I'm losing money off the top. On mm. everything that I buy with you guys, mm. it became it became more obvious in the last ten years because pensions and other sort of you know vehicles geared toward fixed income demographics started to maybe fails too strong a word, but they started to have problems keeping up. You know, you're you're a guy that, that's into fitness. Maybe we can talk about um, this body weight squat thing, which I have <laughs> yeah 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 that was going to be my final but, finisher. Uh, <laughs> oh sure yeah so. So maybe we'll talk about that, but like you're into fitness, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the fitness and health industry, what have we seen in the last 50 years? We've seen an incredible number of not, not breakthroughs, but like, like lifestyle changes that have been really easy to adopt by a huge number of people that have really extended the lifespan of a lot of people, people who mm-hmm. used to live 
till 60 working and then die at 70. It just doesn't happen anymore. The, mm-hmm. the people, people who retire at 60 live lives that are more balanced with less vice, uh, more moderation, more physical activity. They consider all these things. And so pensions, you know, were a really great idea by governments because it really is a, a smooth Ponzi scheme, right? When you only <laughs> have to give people 10 years of income after they pay you for 50, you're doing okay. <laughs> but as soon as you guys start giving people 40 after they pay you for 50, guess what? You got a bit of an issue on your hands, right? And demographics yeah. change and all these things. And so <laughs> you, you end up with these problems. And that's, I think, when people started to realize like, holy shit, I can't give you $50 every two weeks on the buy, on the buy side. I can't give you a hundred every month. I can't give you 10% when I withdraw on retirement. I can't give you 15% when I, I can't do it. I, I need it because I'm living 30 more years. And so now you got these people who really gave their whole lives to the, the, you know, industrial complex, the uh, unlimited growth Keynesian economy. And what are they getting on the back end? They're getting grocery stores where they can't afford the fucking food. They're getting mm-hmm. grocery stores where there's no food on the shelf and mm-hmm. they're getting a part-time job at 65. Mm-hmm. That's what they're getting. Thanks for mm-hmm. your service, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it ain't fair. It ain't fair. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have the empty grocery stores yet, but. I mean, knock on wood, that doesn't They're, are, they're empty more now than they were two years ago. Fair enough. Every, every like, <laughs> surprisingly often, will, I will find empty shelves. Yeah, <laughs> I'm man. Just like, why? <laughs> These guys, I, at my grocery store the other day, Fortino's in Hamilton, where I live, there was mm-hmm. a sign on the fridge where I buy my homogenized milk. I only drink three and a quarter percent. I refuse to drink anything less. If I can oh, yeah. see, John, if you, if you put cereal in the bowl, and you can see the bottom of the bowl through the milk. That That's ain't milk. No. That ain't milk. No. Okay. You got to get no. at least three and a quarter. I wish you can get higher than that here, no. but I think it's only in Quebec. You can get it. I'm all home so, milk. I'm all oh, it's it. the best. It's the, it's, the, it's the absolute best. And so I go to the fridge here and it says, due to the Rogers outage, we're gonna, not going to have milk <laughs> for a few days. What are they? Are they texting it to you? What do you mean? <laughs> Why are you not going to have milk for a few days? The drivers got lost without the GPS. It's excuse excuse after excuse, man. Like, what are we talking about here? Just ship the fucking milk. And what was the Rogers wasn't out last week. Wasn't out last month. Wasn't out two months ago when you guys were short on milk then. Anyway, this it's ridiculous, man. The the Hmm. point, but I'll I'll let you get to your next question. But the point we should be making here is that you're in an ecosystem and environment where things are showing cracks for the first time in a long time. Ignoring them is a bad idea. Preparing for them is what you should be doing. 100%. No, yeah. I I mean, I'm definitely like, it's funny. We're kind of like, the more we talk, the more we're sounding like preppers, but like, that's not what I want to be. It's not, it's just like, it's a logical reaction to what I'm seeing. Like, I don't want to be prepping. I don't want to (laughs) be like this person who's like all doom and gloom. I just like, I'm just seeing what i'm seeing and i'm responding with with logic and reason if i'm that's not, right i mean I'd, I'd love some for someone to tap me on the shoulder and tell me i'm crazy please <laughs> <laughs> uh my next question was going to be related to like okay so you you went you got into bitcoin um you know you had the euphoria run up euphoric run up and then the crash happened and then of course you said you know that's the best time to like study up and like um uh, you know, get upgrade your knowledge on Bitcoin. So what was that first bear market like for you? Like, how did you upgrade your knowledge? Like, what did you learn? And then what was it that made you like convinced that like, this is something that you want to be in long-term? Man, where, where do you even start with that? Uh, Great question that not enough people ask. 
you know, what was the learning experience like and what does sort of doing your own research look like? It's, it's a number of things. It was for me, podcasts. I've been a big podcast guy for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a listener to Tales from the Crypt when it was Marty talking, honest to God, through what sounded like a fucking styrofoam cup with a string attached to the <laughs> other end of the, you know what I mean? Like, ter- like terrible yeah. quality. There's some pictures yeah, yeah. of them from the early days where like they're in, I think his like Manhattan apartment uh, mm-hmm. with okay. like a, a, a shitty like handheld recorder with their guests and like, Matt and Marty used to share a mic and the guests would get their own mic. So like, it was oh, like nice. a luxury experience for the guests. Yeah. Really good stuff. <clears throat> so yeah, there was that. Great, great podcast. It's, it's nice. one of the best in the space, if not the best yeah. in the space, consistently honest, mm-hmm. consistently um, mm-hmm. introspective and, and always addressing the, the topics that are important to Bitcoiners. I think whether it's health or fitness mm-hmm. or family or money mm-hmm. or whatever, they're always doing a good yeah. job over there. And so, so that was a big one of Bitcoin specifically. Did you, were you getting into, was there a, like part of it that was like I more interesting? To, I wanted you? to know, I wanted to know about governance. That was my big mm-hmm. thing because mm-hmm. when I first learned about Bitcoin, the, the thing that every Bitcoiner will tell you first and foremost is at least in my experience, this is what I found is fixed supply, fixed supply, fixed supply, fixed supply. Yep. Okay. That's, that's fixed very supply important. Is, <laughs> fixed supply is important if it, if it stays fixed. Uh, mm-hmm. one thing that I have learned over many years of being on governance boards, um, dealing with, you know, colleagues in my professional life, everything is a certain way until there's enough momentum to change it. And so far we've been fortunate, but, um, at the time, you know, one of the things I really dove into was this idea that the core developers were so set on the 21 million cap. Even as at that time, and FUD repeats itself, so this is not anything new for people who were not around at that time. Even as talk of lost coins continue to come up, even as talk of forks and new tokens continue to come up, this sort of uh, the idea of diluting the the crypto available, right? With new Mm -hmm. tokens and new forks and all that. Nothing Mm -hmm. is scarce. We're just adding new stuff, which is obviously bullshit. But at the time, you have to learn that. That's an important lesson you have to pick up pretty quickly. Otherwise, you'll fall into some of these scams. The other mm-hmm. thing that really I wanted to learn about was the inelasticity of supply, uh, which is huge. I mean, the, the thing that, that gold has going for it, mm-hmm. I, know, I don't know if the G word is a bad word on this podcast, but I'm going to use it anyway. It's fine. <laughs> the, thing, the thing that gold has gold. going I'm, for I'm, it. I'm Armenian. Like Armenian yeah, I know. I'm Italian. So I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never know. I might, who knows? I, probably, I could have gold behind these walls for all you know. So, uh, so, we, so one of the things I, I liked about gold was that even though the supply is not purely inelastic it's it's inelastic enough that you can't just pull forward supply mm-hmm. based on demand there's too much capital to be invested too much uh, exploration involved all these different things right number of different mechanisms that force supply to remain more or less static even mm-hmm. in the face of a, a, an avalanche of demand which is the important thing mm-hmm. when i started to find out about this difficulty adjustment mechanism yeah it's amazing man, John, that, that's really the thing that had me sticking around because that's mm-hmm. the thing that when I tell when I tell people about Bitcoin, well, it's 21 million. Well, it might not be. Well, it's this. Well, it might not be. And now that you're starting to see a little bit of conversation on Twitter from people I would view as maximalists. Oh my God, yeah. Maximalists about tail emission and stuff like that. Yeah, tail emission. What, what kind of garbage is this? <laughs> this, is, this is for them to discuss. I personally will not engage in this discussion unless unless something changes dramatic, dramatically there's just no need for this in my view that the divisibility is enough, but that's a story for another time. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the inelasticity of supply and that 
Mm-hmm. That difficulty adjustment mechanism mm-hmm. is groundbreaking. And mm-hmm. you, you, you really, you know, if you weren't sure it was groundbreaking before, you're going to be sure after you tell someone who understands why gold works and understands mm-hmm. why that sort of thing is important. Mm-hmm. When you tell them that it's coded in, it's, mm-hmm. you know, every X number of blocks and it's the, you know, the, if the block hasn't been found yet, do you know how long the next block should take to find? Like, do you mm-hmm. know the answer to that question? Have you heard this? Ten, this ten sort minutes. Of, it's always 10 minutes, right? And it's so when you explain minutes. this to people that yeah. it's not 10, it's 10 minutes on average, but if it hasn't been found, it should take another 10 minutes to find it, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like when you explain that to people, they're like, oh my what? God. And so <laughs> it's never changed. It's never changed. And it, mm-hmm. even if it did change, not enough people would adopt it. There's too many people that are involved in this now that mm-hmm. appreciate the simplicity and mm-hmm. the, the sort of uh, steadfastness of, of that system. Once mm-hmm. you learn about those two things, that hard cap and the defense of the hard cap with mm-hmm. things like the, uh, the, the difficulty adjustment, it's, mm-hmm. it's too, it's too pretty to leave alone, mm-hmm. man. You know, it's, it's, and when the other thing I think that people should start paying attention to if they're not already, and something that I've I picked up on, you know, years ago that I still sometimes talk about on Twitter. Now, mm-hmm. when you look at these tokens, like Ethereum, for example, easiest one to pick on, right? That's, that's yeah, the, the, that's the that's main she, competitor. So yeah, that's, that's the pretty girl at the party, right? So let's, let's pick on her a little bit. When, <laughs> when, uh, when, when you look at Ethereum, the, these guys are doing things that are synthetic versions of what Bitcoin has always been token burn, uh, you know, it, d- different ways to, to scale back the total supply to increase mm-hmm. scarcity. Mm-hmm. We, we had this, and I say we there, I almost feel dirty saying we, cause I'm such a late joiner, but <clears throat> Bitcoin has had this since the beginning, man, we had this figured out early and you mm-hmm. guys wanted to branch off and start this other thing mm-hmm. in your unicorn onesie pajamas. <laughs> and, and instead you ended up having to crawl back here with your tail between your legs with this sort of, you know, uh, right. This, this, this fake, this fake addition to mirror what mm-hmm. we already had. It's really an indictment of the, of the quality of people that start these other tokens mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, on top of that, John, of course, Just, you yeah. know, what, what is it? What is the other thing everyone likes? Who's the inventor of Bitcoin? No one knows. Exactly. Exactly. It's, 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 it's not replicable, which there's is unbelievable. No, yeah. Yeah. There's the true de- decentralization, you know? And I think just to pull back on what you're saying, like uh, regarding Ethereum, just to maybe put it into my own words, it's like Bitcoin had a cap supply, 21 million that people thought was very important. And then Ethereum's initial choice in the design of that blockchain was like, forget the cap supply, we're, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then lo and behold, they realized, oh, we have too much ETH circulating and we need a way of scaling back so that we can get some of that scarcity feature back. Okay, you just did a roundabout way that no longer works well on what Bitcoin's already doing. So I think that's what you were saying. It's just it's yeah. good to repeat these things sometimes because a lot of my listeners would will have a hard time understanding some of these things if they're not it's, like it, deep but that's, Bitcoiners. You know, this is why this is why the work you're doing is important, right? Because you're you're reaching out to people who are interested in this sort of thing and don't know potentially where to go, how to avoid you know, finding the wrong information. And so, yeah, I'm in like repeating things in your own words, putting things mm-hmm. in layman's terms, mm-hmm. super important in Bitcoin and mm-hmm. getting more important by the day as mm-hmm. more and more scam podcasts looking at you pump, uh, <laughs> you know, continue to propagate the, the free airwaves, oh, uh, stay away, stay away. 
Yeah, I have mixed feelings about Pomp. I feel like Pomp was like very helpful in in orange, like completing my orange pill. But then he, you know, he's. I I don't say anyway. I I, I think I'm going to leave that alone. I'll just say <laughs> I'll just say he was a. Uh, yeah, he was good at, at completing my orange pilling, but then I have mixed feelings now. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, like, um, I've lost my train of thought. I got sidetracked with that pomp thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, talking about like layman's terms, let's, let's, uh, I'll use a phrase I've noticed you like to say a lot, which I also like to say a lot too. Let's pull the thread on this a little bit. I love more. that. The, the difficulty <laughs> adjustment. <laughs> Let's, the difficulty let's, adjustment. Yeah, sure. We can talk about let, that. Let's, yeah, let's talk about this because we can, we can say the difficulty adjustment and someone can hear it. But like, if we don't actually like try to really get into like why it's important, it, it, it might not really sink. So like why the difficulty adjustment is important is for the same reason why like we, 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 it's similar to the reason why we value, um, you know what? No, I lost my train of thought. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about, the, let's take, take a step back. Let's talk about gold. If for some reason, some like I think we saw in the news actually, there was like somebody found a whole bunch of gold that could like double the world's like Very recently, total yeah. supply of, of gold out there, right? So if that's true, and there a bunch of miners go to this location and are able to extract a ton of gold from there, now they have a lot of gold that they can dump on the market, and that'll bring bring the price of gold down true like that's 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 i think think that can be refuted right like that makes sense that logical i am 100 in agreement (laughs) with you sir yeah right so that can't happen with with bitcoin right and why is that well how then then is the the question is like how is bitcoin made first right like why can't that happen because of the way that bitcoin's made why is bitcoin how is bitcoin made well there's a block reward every 10 minutes that creates new Bitcoin. Right. What the hell is a block reward? <laughs> you got to get, you can even, you, you get, you can always strip it down to something more simple, right? Like I, yeah, I, I, I found let's figure that, out how to, how to, yeah, dumb this I, I down. Think, man, I think between the two of us, we should be able to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, so I'm definitely uh, adding more than 50% of the dumbing. <laughs> we got to, we, we got to be able, we got to be able to do this. We, 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 when we talk to our families, I think about people older than me for sure. I have to strip down a lot of the terminology. It's easier mm-hmm. to understand this way, right? Mm-hmm. The thing, the thing that I, I like to say is there's, there's a bit of code, okay? We'll call that Bitcoin. That's Bitcoin code. Mm-hmm. The Bitcoin code asks machines who are trying to produce Bitcoin to guess at a number. That's all mm-hmm. it is. This is like sort of mis, <laughs> misconstrued idea of incredibly difficult math problems and all this. Mm-hmm. They're just guessing numbers, okay? The, mm-hmm. the machines are guessing numbers. Mm-hmm. If, if there's... If there's two machines guessing the number, okay, then the, the number is going to be guessed at X speed. Let's say it takes them eight minutes, okay? Mm-hmm. The two machines take eight minutes. Mm-hmm. The people who own the machines look at two things. They look at one, how much did it cost to run the machine for that eight minutes, right? That's the important thing. And two, how much was the Bitcoin that they got from the code worth at the time that they won that contest. Mm -hmm. Then they decide on the next step. The code runs back the same equation again, or same, same question, similar question again. And the guys who run the machines have to decide if they want to try with more machines to get it, less machines to get it, same amount of machines to get it. And Mm -hmm. they got to think about what the the coin is worth and make that decision. That's fine. 
Mm. Every two weeks, the code decides whether or not the question needs to get harder or easier. Mm. The, the only thing the code is thinking about is how close to 10 minutes are these machines taking to get mm. the number? Mm-hmm. If it's too quick, it makes it harder. If it's mm-hmm. too easy it, or if it's too hard, it makes it easier. Then the machine guys have to do the same calculation again. They got to think, do I want to put more machines on or less machines on? Mm-hmm. Then the thing that I, I tell people next is now you got to consider once you've got a thousand machines, how are you getting your power for the machines? What's the power cost you? Do you get power better at certain times of day, certain times of night? Now think about if there's certain a sources bunch of, people, of power. Exactly. Different sources. Now think about if there's a, uh, a thousand people, each with a thousand machines, some of them are running their machines at night on the other side of the world while you're running mm-hmm. yours during the day. Some of them have political instability. Some of them have this, some of them have that. Some of them are on oil fields. Some of them are by wind turbines, other, you know, many different mm-hmm. uh, varieties of, of machine guy, okay, on the network. And all the code is doing is deciding how close it is to 10 minutes and whether the question needs to get easier or harder in two mm-hmm. weeks. And that's it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing mm-hmm. else to it. It's very mm-hmm. simple. And mm-hmm. when you tell people that, they, they really appreciate that because when you strip it down it like mm-hmm. that, no, like John, does anyone really need to know what the difference between an S9 and an S19 is? What the difference between an S19 no. that's running in Texas and one that's submerged in cooling and cooling liquid in Quebec is? No, no one so needs to know that. Yeah, you're talking about different uh, models of mining, mining yeah. machines. Uh, no one computers. needs to know that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, they don't need to know how loud they are. They don't need to know that mm-hmm. no matter how much mm-hmm. I ask, my wife will never let mm-hmm. me get one. They don't mm-hmm. need to know about these things. But they all, but the, what they do need to know They're is super cheap every now, 10 man. minutes. Show her the prices. Oh, man, did you see, Len, Len got one, obviously. The thing is oh, coming yeah. in his garage. Yeah, it's what great. Did he, did he, uh, he got an uh, S9. He got an oh, S9. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like I, saw the, I saw the video. I saw that. was yeah. like one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. I got to get, maybe the lesson is. S9s are no garage. longer profitable. That's the problem. <laughs> They're not profitable now, but in 10 years, you're going to love, you're going to like those sats. Believe me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, you, you could just spend that money on the power to just pur- purchase. What's, of, what's the KYC worth? What's the KYC worth to you? <laughs> a story from another time. It, it depends on uh, how well you run your network and system that you're actually keeping at KYC. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you gotta, you're right you gotta about think, that. Yeah, yeah you got to right think it that. through. But okay, but to, but to your point about like, you know, the, the difficulty adjustment, how to strip it down for someone, I think that's how mm-hmm. you do it. No yeah. matter what goes on, no matter mm-hmm. what external factors are going on, yeah. no matter how many people put on if, if everyone's got a thousand machines and one guy decides he wants mm-hmm. to put on a million machines, mm-hmm. he's only going to get the sweet deal for two weeks and then he ain't going to get it anymore. And yeah. when and he I'm- doesn't get it, the, the thousand machine guys have the same chance as the million machine guy and the difficulty is going to change and it's all incentive based, right? That's the beautiful thing about Bitcoin. Yeah, I love that as well, is that the incentives of the multiple participants are aligned. And then with aligned incentives, it's more likely that you're headed for a common good <laughs> rather than someone screwing over somebody else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, like one thing is I, I am able to understand what you're saying and follow what you're saying, but I feel like it still like presents a lot of questions. And part of it is like, it's hard to talk about the difficulty adjustment in the vacuum without like explaining all these other things. Like say, for example, like, like why are they even doing this to begin with? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big question. That's a big question. So then you have to explain, okay, well, Bitcoin is one way of describing Bitcoin is that it's a blockchain and what a blockchain is. And that and that it's a, a do you, do you go down the blockchain road with people? Like I honestly no, never, no, I barely no, ever do. Not anymore, but like it, because, but you have to, at some point explain it as to like, 
you know, like, why is it every 10 minutes? Well, because every 10 minutes you're adding a new block to the blockchain. And then the question pops, what is a blockchain? <laughs> and then what is, what is a block? You know, well, a block is a set of new transactions that people are trying to make by sending new Bitcoin from me to you, from you to right. me. If I was trying to send 10 Bitcoin to you, if I had 10, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> Maybe one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, that, that transaction is not on the blockchain yet. But if I want to send it to you, then I have to put it on the blockchain. Well, how does it get there? Well, how does it get there? Do you know how it gets there? This is, this is an interesting question, right? That the, the, whether you actually hold your Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you know, this is like another thing I don't tell people is that you don't actually hold any of your Bitcoin. Like you have the keys and like, it's actually somewhere else. Don't worry about that. Like, and then people freak out. Like, what do you mean? I don't even have it. It's all on chain anyways. Like, what's the point? Like you don't want to go down that road with people. I, I, I prefer to say you have, um, you know, you have space in one of these blocks issued every 10 minutes. You pay for the space based on how urgent you need, how urgently you need the space. And mm-hmm. the space has value because of the energy it takes to create and secure the block. Then mm-hmm. you can start talking about validation, how that mechanism mm-hmm. works, things like mm-hmm. that. I mean, it depends on, it depends really on like how long you have with the person. If, yeah. if they're stuck, <laughs> if they're stuck with me for an hour, like I might make it to the difficulty adjustment thing. Mm-hmm. If they're stuck with me for, you know, you know, if you get married to me, you're going to fucking know a bunch of this stuff a lot sooner than you thought. Right. And, uh, so you get, yeah, exactly. Right. So, you know, you, you wind up with a different, a different set of, uh, discussion points for different people. I think one of the things we're missing in Bitcoin, honestly, John, is that there's, there's so much good long form content, so many good discussions, whether it's, you know, stuff about, uh, block size wars or Mm -hmm. Segwit or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, any, any of these sort of like, I don't want to say they're infighting, but they're definitely like internal debates that have happened in the community with, mm-hmm. with, with significant and tangible outcomes at the, at the back end. Mm-hmm. But one thing we seem to be lacking is like, like where's the 30 second elevator pitch. Mm. There isn't one. There's people I, was, I would nominate. Yeah. There's mm. people I would like nominate to give one. Like I mm. think Preston Pish could probably do it fairly well. Uh, Mike Saylor can't say anything unless he's got four <laughs> hours. Uh, I don't, I don't know who else would be on that short list. Like, I think there's probably other people who yeah. could do it. Maybe Matt Odell, but like yeah. the, the point is that there's, there's laymen out there who I think want to get into Bitcoin mm-hmm. and there's also like sophisticated investors who want to get mm-hmm. into Bitcoin, mm-hmm. but they just don't much like you and me didn't, we just don't understand. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to put a hundred bucks in. If you mm-hmm. had a million, you may not want to part with it. If the guy on the other end of the discussion is going, well, listen, you don't actually hold the Bitcoin. It's blockchain. <laughs> You'd be like, I'm fucking out of here, man. Like, yeah. I'm not sticking around for the rest of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Man, we're mm-hmm. done. I, what, what keys? What are you talking about? Yeah. USB drives and nodes. I don't want mm-hmm. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gets technical and complicated very quickly. But like, yeah, like guy, like I talked to Julian, you know, connect, connect finance to plug him mm-hmm. again. He was, he was saying that that's his mission. He sees himself being that guy that's making, you know, short 30 second, 60 second videos TikToks or whatever. And like orange pilling, like the people that, you know, need the most orange pilling, you know, the, the, the most vulnerable in our society, the ones that don't have time to be learning about the difficulty adjustment. <laughs> Man, I say I say it all the time. I'm glad you said that. There's the people who need it the most are the ones who are most unlikely to find it, which sucks, man. But yeah, man, if if he can do it, great. It needs to be done. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, he, I, I mean, we're going to support him. I mean, obviously, obviously, and spread that <laughs> uh, content when it when it comes as it comes out. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> freaking yeah, that's what we need. Let's um, we're getting close to the end here. It's getting pretty late, so <laughs> let's let's wrap her up. <laughs> let's uh, talk about uh, body weight squats. Well, I don't know. I don't <laughs> listen. I, I don't even. I don't even have that many Twitter followers. I think I got like maybe two thousand. And I gotta tell you. The number of things I tweet without thinking about them in the middle of like a workout or while I'm firing off a turd or something. And people like this 10 responses like, well, I don't know about that. Like, oh, why don't you like you don't have to respond to everything. That includes you. Okay. Well, body weight squats. It doesn't like it doesn't matter if I say body weight squats are a waste of time. Just let me have it. I only respond to fitness related things because I feel like I'm at as the an gym expert, exposing I can... my nipples, John. I'm, I don't care about body weight squats. Okay. I'm going to the gym tomorrow. I'm not doing body weight squats. What, what is your position on, on squats in general? Because I got, I got, I'm of two minds on squats. I want to hear what you think as a guy who knows fitness. What do you think about okay. squats? Squats are great. Do them as often as you, as you like, as, you, as your body lets you. Knees as often over toes. As your body lets you. Knees over toes. Uh, any position of squat is good. Are you a, are you a push the knees out during the rep guy? Are you a knees forward? Uh, knees forward. Okay. Knees okay. forward is I used to, I'll be honest. I used to coach my, my, uh, clients knee, knee, knees out and it helps a lot of people. It's, it's, but ultimately I I've, I've come to the conclusion that it's not the best cue. Knees forward is a better cue. Knees forward. Okay. Cause I've been thinking a lot about, um, I want to get, okay. I'll tell you, I want to get to a 300 pound squat. I would love for it to be three reps, but I think at the moment I would be happy with one rep at 300, maybe by the fall. Mm-hmm. The only reason I, I say 300 is because I think that once you get to 300, it's like a, a, a pretty major mental hurdle on the way to 315. Mm-hmm. That, that mm-hmm. third plate on the bar would be really <laughs> nice. Now, here's the question I have for you. Sure. Do you think that to get to 315 pounds on the squat bar, mm-hmm. it's better to just squat, you know, the Mark Ripito uh, method, uh, you know, like f- add five pounds every workout, take seven minutes between the sets if you have to, doesn't matter, just grind all the way out five pounds, five pounds, five pounds. Or is it better to uh, hit your sort of hit your one RM on squat every week or every two weeks? And then do a bunch of accessories to try and build up the uh, auxiliary muscles and systems in your legs that you're going to need mm. when you finally do get that three plates on. What do you think? Depends. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry. That's to good. That guy. That's good. I, listen, what? What? That's good. Good advice there. Got the fitness guy here. I used to coach my clients. What did you tell them? Depends. Yeah. Sweet man. I like it. You put me on the spot, and that's always the answer when when you're like get put on the spot. Like everyone's different. Everyone has a different path. I, I'll tell you, I, I never got to 300. The closest I got was two years ago. I got to 295 for a single. Oh, that's, that's a lot. I, I haven't done 295. And I'll tell you how I did it. And I wasn't planning on even doing it. It just kind of happened because I decided I was going to do my daily minimum for squats every day. So at the end of the night, I would just go down and I would do like a warm up set of 10. You got, you got a rack in your basement then. Yeah. I, I got a rack in my basement too. And I've been thinking about this squatting everyday thing that I've seen some people do anyway, go ahead. Okay. Continue. Yeah. So it was my daily minimum. I would go down at the end of the day. I would do my warm up set of 10. Usually my warm up set would be like the 135, and I would yeah, just yeah, like one play. Yeah. 
yeah, I would just focus on the form, go slow and just warm myself up. And then from then on, I would like just do, I think I added up, added 25 pounds at a time. So I would do like after the, the 10 uh, rep set, I would do at most three, eventually like the, the heavier weights seemed like a lot lighter. So I would do them for reps of five, but usually mm-hmm. I would start off with sets of three until I got to my final set, which, which, which would be a single. And I would try to keep the sets low. So I would, after my, uh, I, I, the number of sets low, so I wouldn't do more than like, I want to say four. I, See, this is, this is another thing I struggle with because I, I did. So I was benching this morning. This is great content for the Bitcoin crowd. I was benching, <laughs> I was benching this morning and I, I usually do, I do the bar first 10, mm-hmm. usually 10 reps, 12 reps, depending on like how I feel when I get there, I jump mm-hmm. right to 135, then to 185. Mm-hmm. Then I start thinking about whether or not I should be going right to 225 or going to 205 then 225 because that 205 set isn't that's not that's not a warm up anymore 185 I still think is a bit of a warm up it's like mm-hmm. it's a working set but it's not going to hurt you but that mm-hmm. 205 if you're trying to if you're trying to bench 235 that day that 205 set's going to hurt you mm-hmm. so sometimes I think like would I be yeah. better off doing 185 and going right to 225 or maybe 185 yeah. twice before going to 225. I say skip it. Yeah. It, that's, uh, that's ev- eventually like, uh, eventually you're going to work towards skipping it. Like, you know, you're going to, you're going to start off on the safer, more cautionary side. And then as you get used to it, as you adapt, you, then you, then you skip it, then you no longer need it. Yeah. I, I think I got to start thinking about that. And the squats thing is the same thing. Like I think I did the other, uh, two weeks ago, maybe, or a week ago, I did mm-hmm. 275, mm-hmm. which is, for me, that's a lot. Do you do high bar or low bar? High bar. High bar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Uh, there's there's like a whole religion around low bar squats. P- people who say that get squats a hip lift, no matter where you think you're doing legs. Once you get to a high enough weight, it's got to be a hip lift. I don't agree with that. I don't think, but I, I I'm not sure. I it depends. Like, uh, sorry to keep using that. Term, you, okay. So I- is it it's a hip lift? Maybe do you belt or no? No. No, me neither. Okay. Um, I have used a belt. I don't have issues with it, but, uh, that's, I don't know, just an extra piece of equipment. That's like, yeah. I'm more around the minim- minimalist side, even though I have a bunch of equipment. <laughs> Same. Like I'll wrap my wrists benching, doing overhead press, but that's, that's all I got. I don't use anything else. Uh, do you, mm-hmm. do you have like the, uh, what are those shoes? Everyone's got, do you have those shoes too? Uh, lifting shoes specifically, like Olympic is that, lifting is that, shoes. Is that, is that what they're called? I don't know. They look real flat, maybe with like a little plastic thing on the heel. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I don't have those shoes. Those are, that's, no, that yeah. sounds like lifting shoes. Yeah. Uh, I like, just wear my basketball shoes in the gym. I'm not, I'm not doing all, all that shit. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a barefoot lifter. Are you really? Barefoot. How do you, I'm how do you find that? Bare feet. Actual, actual bare feet, like no socks or nothing. Yeah. How do you find yeah. that? It's a uh, better contact with the ground, which uh, more proprioception, better balance. Yeah. Overall, I think it's a, it's a no brainer for, for training. It's better. I'm a big proprioception guy. I tore my ACL maybe a decade ago. That was a big part of the rehab. And I tore my Achilles, I don't know, mm-hmm. four months ago, three months ago, big part of the rehab as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm big on that. Maybe I'll, I'll start thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But, anyway. but just to finish off my uh, daily minimum one rep kind of maxing out. Yeah. Uh, so what story, do you do? I did it for about a month, almost. I think I, yeah, I did it. Like, I think my, I might've stopped a little bit short of a month because my body was getting to a breaking point. 
So that's an important point is kids listen to what your body says, <laughs> says to you, like, there's a really important skill that most people don't have is like being able to hear and fine tune what uh, being able to fine tune out what the body's trying to tell them. If you're able to like, you can do this where you can like push yourself, like rev it up to like a one rep on our RM, like for all, nearly 30 days straight and then re- <laughs> work your, work yourself up to 295. Like I, I started off with like where 225 was like a challenge for me. And in a month I went from 225 to 295. That's then, a big fucking jump in a month. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's just, if you're practicing one RMs, then you get good at one RMs. <laughs> yeah. I got, I guess you're thinking about that. Cause I do want to get there by the fall, but if I don't, I won't be heartbroken. I got whatever, it, you know, it's fine. I you got but, your whole life ahead of you, man. Like you're, exactly. you're going to get stronger like, in your forties. <laughs> do, do you really? Cause I feel like in the last two years, I've gotten a lot stronger into my mid thirties here. Well, so I, I'm, I'm that that's just speculation. Cause I'm not a 40 year old, <laughs> <I'm> 33, <laughs> turning 34 this year, but uh, I'm definitely strongest that I've ever been. And I don't foresee this stopping in the next decade. <laughs> Don't jinx it, buddy. Don't jinx it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all things considered, right? Like obviously anything can happen. I could be dead tomorrow. But <laughs> That's not what I meant. That's not yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. My, okay. Don't worry. My private keys are, I, I made a, I made a, if I die instruction list for my wife, for my, for all Bitcoin. Yeah. I don't Good know, on like, if, Good that, on if you've ever thought about that or like any listeners who might she knows. Like, she knows. Perfect. That's it's very important, man. Like, like you never know. Like, you might get hit by a bus tomorrow, and like she doesn't have access to the private keys. Like, that sucks. That's, you know, uh, estate planning is important, and uh, Bitcoin makes it a little more difficult than it should be, probably for the time being. But yeah, you got to, you got to tell your significant other if you got a you know if you got a if you got a a little bit of stack that you want to pass along, then um, mm-hmm. tell tell her before you die. It'll probably make it easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had to write instructions on what to actually do, like besides the private keys. Like, okay, <laughs> punch this in here. Yeah, as yeah, as much as I talked to her about it, she's still like more on the noob side of things. In terms That's right. Of, like, she'll the she'll get it, Johnny. Actually, using it, she just like, being, she's got being me, with right? you. She'll get it. Yeah, she'll yeah. Get it. Yeah. yeah, she's got me. So she's just like, I don't have to learn this. <laughs> cool, man. You've been very generous with your time. Thank you so much for coming on. Dude, I'm glad we were finally able to make this happen. We tried yeah. a couple of weeks ago and I think, what did you, you got sick, right? Uh, no, I, I didn't get sick. I was just so tired at the end of the day because oh, I had a okay. long I thought you weren't feeling well or something. Okay. It might've been that too. Um, I'm not sure. I, I did have a, a note. And you're, and you're not going to uh, the thing this, this weekend, eh? No, I won't you got be there the, on Saturday. You got the bachelor party. Yeah, I got yeah, a bachelor yeah. party I'm going to tomorrow. <laughs> damn, damn. Yeah. Ah, next time, buddy. Next time. I'm I, 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 I'm happy we did this. It was a great conversation. Yeah, yeah. I love talking Thank to Bitcoiners, so man. So let's let's do it again sometime. That'd be awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the end. If you want to reach out and talk some more about Bitcoin, you can always tweet at me at jmartfit or message me on Instagram. Same thing at jmartfit. There's also the email option. Send an email to newsletter at jmartfit.com. Otherwise, till next week, stay active, be grateful, jmart out.